Yes, people, what's going down? Welcome to episode 12 of Echo Chamber. And yeah, we just got one film this week. Um, things have been a bit light, but you know what I mean? I think we got some we got some interesting things coming out next week. Gonna have a couple of reviews for sure. So let's get into um our box office top 10 for the weekend of the 11th to the 13th of January. Okay, so at number 10, the highly entertaining and fabulous Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. At number 9, Ralph Breaks the Internet. At number 8, The Upside. At number 7, Colette. At number six, Bohemian Rhapsody. At number five, Bumblebee. Uh, At number four, Aquaman. At number three, uh, Mary Poppins Returns. At number two, the, um, yeah, the the great, the favorite. And at number one, Stan and Ollie. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's, it's a really, it was a really good film, and and some great acting by um, Coogan and um, John C. Riley. So uh, yeah, and it also was. I grew up watching, um, you know, all the black and white films with my like with my grandparents and stuff. Um, I didn't know about this chapter of their career, so yeah, it was a very interesting film because it, it, you know, it covers that that period, you know, as they were just shuffling into uh, into retirement. So yeah, um, great film. Um, so yeah, let's now um, get to this week's film. And we go a little interactive. Yep. Selecting our own endings and all of that. I think you may know what we're going to be reviewing. All right, let's get to it. So this week, I um, did something a little different. Uh, I, I watched um, Bandersnatch which is the black mirror film i i you know what i mean with black mirror i think you you always expect it to be odd you know you always expect it to be a bit different this though god this was just this was something else i think this was something this was so weird. Um, so it's written like everything else by Charlie Brooker. Um, it was directed by David Slade. Um, it's uh, starring Finn Whithead, Craig Parkinson, Alice Lowe, uh, Asham Chadri, Will Pewter. Um, and, uh, it, 
Yeah, it's crazy. It, the the storyline is this. What well, the gist of the storyline, should I say? Because, yeah, that you know, we create the storyline in an essence. So it's 1984. Crazy thing, actually, it starts on my birthday, which I was like, oh shit, yeah, wasn't expecting that. So 1984, Stefan is developing a computer game based on the book Bandersnatch. A novel where you get to make choices and this determines the story. He has an opportunity to take his game to Tuckersoft, a software company, and have them release it. However, the more he works on the game, the more his life emulates the game. And with choices being made that are out of his control, Stefan appears to be going insane. Um, you know, it, it's kind of weird because I think a, a lot of us of an age remember the choose your own adventure stories. Like, as, you know, that you read when you were a kid. You know, like, that. it was funny because some people would just make blind choices. Some people would, like, read ahead to see, oh, which is the best choice to make. You know, so there's definitely a different, there's always a different way of approaching these kind of things. But I don't think any of those books were as crazy and as insane as this film now as i said it's black mirror so you're you you definitely you know i think you expect something but i don't think you like anyone kind of comprehended what they were gonna see I mean, there's some things, like, there's some choices, like, oh, kill your dad, and you're just like, um, I might, maybe I won't do that, um, maybe I'll go with this, and then the other choice <laughs> kind of seems more horrific than the original choice, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> what's happening here, <laughs> am I depraved, I don't know, but, yeah, it's really inventive, which is a lot of fun. And I think setting it, like, in the 80s as well, is like, I think it's, it's that, that they did a great job as, you know, the tone um, and the filters they filmed in were perfect for the 80s. Definitely rem reminded you of that period like the um the the fashion and like the colors the clothes were too that's all there like everything is in it which is like you know you've got old like like the way the computer game shops used to be and and and, and all of this kind of stuff it all really fits and just the music, and just the way people talked, 
like when you think about it now like just going back and even if you if you went back and watched something from then there was a different cadence to the way like programs were to dialogue which is just crazy when you compare it to now and all of that is within this but it's like the choices that you make and sometimes it fucks with you like it, it will go um oh do you choose this or this and you go okay well all right fine I'll do that and then it doesn't even do the thing <laughs> that you you picked you could see that they were going to and then they pull back from it and you're like oh so now it knows how depraved and fucked up I am oh man but I think it, it's really the spirals that are in this so when you make a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of the choices oh you think oh okay so i i you know is it going to finish now but then no it kind of loops and goes back on itself and revisits points and so you're having this weird kind of narrative that's definitely, you know, obviously, you know, with a choose-your-own-adventure, it's a non-linear story to an effect, but it's even more non-linear with the looping and the, um, just the weird way it kind of, of narrates and then re-narrates and then is just like well no we're gonna do this now and you'd be like wait hold on but I went that way but now we're going that wait what's happening here and so you're really getting kind of flipped and even the way the film ends well I don't know, I guess, well, the way the film ended for me, this is the thing, it's like, I, you know what I mean, I, I'll say, yeah, the, the way the film ends is weird, but I don't know, maybe the way the film ended for you isn't as weird, but the way the thing ended for me, it was, I thought it was going to go one way, and then it's just like, and you're just, what the fuck, but, that was great because you know I, I think if it had ended any other way if it had gone any other direction I, I may have been disappointed you know I, I think some of the episodes of Black Mirror that were um, my least favorite were probably the most the, the, the kind of the most normalish ones and uh, I use the word normal <laughs> very loosely here, you know. <laughs> but, um, look, if you haven't had a chance to, um, to interact with it, I highly recommend it. Like, I, uh, the weird thing about it was, though, I mean, but I, I've, you know, I've got, the, um, the, the Netflix app 
looked on my my smart TV. Well, I thought my TV was smart. Obviously, not that smart because I had to do this on my computer because my TV is just a bit of a dunce. It was just like um, there's every time I'd think about it, I I'd see it and it'd be like two minutes. And I'm thinking, wait, I know I thought this was choose your. How the fuck can this be two? But but then I thought, oh, but maybe it's initially the first thing's two minutes and then when you choose and then it spirals all over the place. No, it was just that my TV is too old <laughs> to be able to, um, yeah, too old to be able to process it. So, yeah, I, I watched it on my computer, um, but thoroughly enjoyed it. I wasn't disappointed. So, yeah, people. You need to watch Bandersnatch. And especially, I think, now we know season five is delayed. So, you know, if this, is the ne- this is the Black Mirror fix that will help hold you down for season five. Because after watching this, you're going to realise, fuck, I'm a bit twisted. I need to, um, I need to watch some... I don't know, some Care Bears or something, you know, find my my inner happy <laughs> before I go back down that rabbit hole and um, do some more Black Mirror. But yeah, Bandersnatch, Black Mirror, Charlie Booker, you're a friggin' genius, man. This is great. People, check it out now. Okay, people, so... We've, um, you know, fast approaching the end of another episode. So let's um, see what news is hitting about um, possible films. All right. So in 2007, David Cronenberg, um, he had directed and released the uh, mafia drama Eastern Promise now word has just come out that like it's been banded around for a little you know the last few years about a possible sequel but nothing seemed to be happening now recently out doing press um for Matthew Mahonahay's Serenity Stephen Knight um, had a little something to say. It is um, it is like fishing, where you leave it out there and it's been out there for a while. It went through permutations in the sense of how do you follow Vigo? We've been through that and we've moved on and now we're in a position where I say watch this space we're close to getting into production the script the script changed a bit it changed quite recently as a result of events in the world the topicality of the russia thing i've adapted it to reflect recent events so yeah so eastern promise 2 should be going into production this year. Like, you know, word is Vigo Mortensen won't be in it. David Cronenberg won't be directing it. 
So, you know, I think the question is like, do we need it? Do we want it? Is it, has it, you know, has the um, horse left the stable? I believe that's an expression. So we're going with it. Has a horse left the stable with this one? I don't know. We're, I think we'll have to wait until, um, you know, some first looks and everything. Like a plot, you know. But Eastern Promise was a good film. So if they do make a sequel, just hopefully it can live up to the original, right? Okay. So, um, Christopher Mahiri who has directed and written the last couple of Mission Impossible films. Well, Paramount was so happy with last year's um, Rogue Nation. Not Rogue Nation. Was it Rogue Nation? Hmm. No, Fallout. Yes. So happy with Fallout that they've um, tapped him up to... uh, to make the next two entries into uh, this series. But they're going to do it back to back. Yep. So um, the plan is to re- to release one in 2021. And then the next will be the following year. Because the Top Gun sequel is out next year. So yeah. So, um, McKeary is going to be, um, you know, he's going to be writing the script for these films. And, um, the, the plan seems to be to get into production before the end of the year. Seems a little bit of a rush, but I don't know. Like, (laughs) I have to say, for me, there was a lot of holes in the plot. For that fallout. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. If it can be a better film. That would be good. But uh, you know. I guess they're just hoping. It will just continue to make a load of money. But uh, yeah. Who knows. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, in other news. Um. So, Robert Zumeckis is making a um, a version of the Ronald Dahl's The Witches at Warner Brothers. Uh, and Anne Hathaway has um, landed the role of the Grand High Witch. So, it's based on a 1973 novel... Um, And the story follows a seven-year-old boy who has a run-in with real-life witches. Now, the interesting thing about this is because um, Netflix signed a deal with the Ronald Dahl estate to develop a whole heap of TV series and films based in that universe. So, yeah... I, this is a this is a, a strange one. I, I I mean I wonder if Netflix are going to do their own version, or if they don't have the rights to this one 
you know, story. Who knows? But, um, yeah. Hopefully it'll be better than the original, which um, came out in 1990. And, wasn't a fan. But, yeah, we'll see. Now, over the last few weeks, a lot of news has come out regarding um, Denis Villeneuve's adaptation of June. And, hey, another week, another another bit of news, which is all good, I think. Charlotte Rampling um, has joined the uh, has joined the cast, uh, and she will be playing Reverend Mother Mohiam, a powerful figure in the Bene Gesserit order, and Emperor Emperor Shaddam the Fourth's truthsayer. She can divine intentions, suss out lies, and manipulate people's emotional states. And she is definitely a major character who affects the life of um, Paul Atreides and his mother, the Lady Jessica. So, um, yeah, great piece of casting. Um... I just, man, I just, I just want this to be out already, you know, it, it's going to be two films, they're splitting the story, and I think, you know, that's a sensible thing, because the David Lynch, when he made it, it, it just didn't seem that um, there was enough time to tell the full story, uh, Sci-Fi Channel did the a four episode, I believe it was four episode miniseries, um, and that seemed to, that see, you know, I think that was four hours, that seemed to cover a lot, so if you, if you did two films, you're gonna be probably about four hours, maybe just under, so yeah, I think this is probably a sensible way to go, so, um, yeah, I just want this out, I want to watch it, and I'm just, I've got mad faith, Especially after Arrival. Because that was fantastic. So I just want to see what Denis has um, has planned. I want to know his vision for this. Yeah. Just roll on the news people. And um, our last bit of news this week. Was extremely surprising. I, you know. Um, but Jason Reitman. The son of Ivan Reitman is going to be making Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. You know, Ivan directed Ghostbusters 1 and 2. So it seems, um, you know, the family connection is there to do this. But, you know, after the, the whole... Um, reboot kind of I don't even know what it was but the all female version that came out a couple of years ago and the fact that it did not do well like all news around about Ghostbusters kind of went a bit quiet but yeah no word came out recently that um 
Reitman has um, written a screenplay along with Gil Kennan. And the plan is to shoot... Um, yeah, probably this year. Because... Well, it has to be this year. Because they're looking to put it up the film... Um, next year around summertime so uh <laughs> yeah they do they definitely need to get their skates on with it um but yeah this this is interesting because it, it, there's he's saying that um it's going to um continue the story from the first two films like there's no word if it will feature any of the female ghostbusters I mean, but the thing is, I'm just like, look, it's a it's a logical thing that there would be new iterations of the Ghostbusters around, you know, like, uh, it, it, you know, there might be different franchises or different people like looking to jump on the bandwagon and stuff. So you could definitely have female Ghostbusters in it. You can definitely have a whole new kind of cast so yeah interesting is there like no real story plots have come out but um the animated ghostbuster films is still supposedly in um production as well but um that's going to be a different director and everything like that but yeah the, this ghostbusters 3 will be out before the animated version so um interesting it'll be interesting to kind of know where this is going and let's just hope it is better than the last one i mean the the the, the last ghostbusters that hit the big screen because that was terrible uh but yeah that's it for episode 12 of echo chamber um it looks like the um yeah, like the you know, a lot of films are gonna start coming out, so we're gonna have more kind of more reviews. There'll be more news. So yeah, um, we'll see you next week. All right, peace. <laughs>